So um, we're going to have several different readings of Psalm 23 today. If you've been part of the women's or men's Bible studies the last two weeks, we've been going through different psalms, and um, Psalm 23 is one that we've spent quite a bit of time with because it's kind of everybody's psalm, right? It's it's the psalm for every person. And uh, the, back there in the corner, you'll see two tables set up, and there are a lot of interpretations and um, paraphrases of Psalm 23 back there that the women's Bible study came up with and, and did. And so we're, you're going to hear three versions of Psalm 23 this morning. The first one was written uh, by a, man, a paraphrase written by a man named Rob Lacey. Rob Lacey, um, in the late two, late 90s, early 2000s, made a paraphrase of the Bible called The Word on the Street, using street language from the UK um, from that era. He died shortly after completion of his paraphrase of cancer, and while he was working through the Psalms, he knew he was going to die. And so Psalm 23 um, was one of the last Psalms that he did, and you will hear in it, um, as, you, as, as David comes up to read this, you'll, uh, you'll hear that in this Psalm. Also, uh, he wrote it to be sung uh, as a rock opera, something like Bohemian Rhapsody, and so you can hear like, oh, this is a verse, this is the chorus, this is another verse, this is the chorus. Oh, this might be like a bridge somewhere. You'll hear that as David's singing. You're going to sing it, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just joking. You're not doing any of that. And then Emery is going to come up after that, and she's going to read to you Psalm 23, an illustrated version of Psalm 23, and the pictures uh, for that version will be on the screen. Side me, stand alongside me, 
outlast every bad and fashion through all eternity. For I am going to live with you, see heaven's great views from my own cosmic muse, no lease to renew, no terms to review, no one else to do, just me and you, me and you, me and you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm that was translated. It's an actual translation from Hebrew to English by Pamela Greenberg. Pamela Greenberg is a Hebrew scholar. Um, she's a Jewish woman who is one of the best known translators of Hebrew. And uh, this is her version of Psalm 23. Interesting, uh, one of the things that happens, and you may or may not understand this, and Psalm 23 is a great way to illustrate it. Uh, when it comes to Bible translations, there are translations and there are paraphrases. And so what David read was a paraphrase. That's somebody taking the English language and then kind of reworking the English language to make it work for modern times using their imagination. And so on that back table back there, you'll see a lot of paraphrases where people have imagined a new way of understanding and, and reciting this, this poem, this song. And then uh, there are translations where the reader or the, the person reading in Hebrew who's writing in English will have to make some translation decisions. And I'll point a few of them out to you after I read this song to you. 
Psalm 23. God is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. You lay me down in lush meadows. You guide me toward tranquil waters, reviving my soul. You lead me down paths of righteousness, for that is your way. When I walk through the valley, overshadowed by death, I will fear no harm, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the face of my greatest fears. You drench my head with oil. My cup overflows to the brim. Surely goodness and kindness will accompany me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the holy for the length of my days. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation, and may God give us wisdom and courage as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. So God is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. How many of you memorized the psalm or have heard that line in that way before? Like, that's the one that's in your head. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. Most people, it's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I have no need. There are lots of different ways that the Hebrew has been translated into English. And Pamela Greenberg made the decision to say, there is nothing that I lack, which is a translation decision. And so just be aware as you're reading your Bibles that there are translations and there are paraphrases, and I'm not trying to make a judgment about either one, but it's always an interesting thing, at least to me, to kind of look at the differences that translators make and think about the reasons why they might have done that. Psalm 23 is almost impossible to think of. The reason why is because a lot of us, if we grew up in church, at some point had to memorize this psalm. And there are so many sermons and so many books and so many Bible studies and so many songs that are written and inspired by and about Psalm 23 that almost everything has been said about it. And that's why I think it's important when we hear Psalm 23 to use our imaginations when we hear it to think about ways that it's our story. Because in, in a lot of ways, Psalm 23 is the people's song. It's our song. We all find a place in it. It's just like there are certain songs that when I hear them, they put me in a place. Like, like UB40's song, Red Red Wine. Anybody know that one? That puts me in sixth grade at the first like multi or, or uh, intergender party that I ever went to where there were guys and girls there and there was like a room that everybody was sneaking off to, you know? Like, I didn't go there. Uh, at least I did not. I would have never. But, um, you know, like Red Red Wine, that song puts me in that place. And there are other songs that do the same thing to you as well as me. They put us in a place. They taste like food. They smell like middle school. Whatever it is, there are certain songs that do that. Well, Psalm 23 does that to us. It puts me in my Sunday school classroom that I happened to get kicked out of a few times when I was in elementary school. It puts me in specific churches at specific funerals, either reading it in my heartbreaking, grieving for the people that I'm reading it for, or hearing it read and wishing I wasn't. Because funerals generally are not good. 
But as I thought this week about my Psalm 23 story and what I might say about it to inspire you and help you to start thinking about your Psalm 23 story, I started thinking about the fact that today is Senior Sunday at this church. So after this sermon, I'll have all the seniors that are college and high school graduates and grad school graduates that are uh, finishing up now come forward and we'll celebrate them. And I started thinking about what would I say to them that would also mean something for the rest of us. And I remembered a story about our shepherd. I've never owned a single sheep in my life. All I know about sheep is that they mess up elk hunting areas because they eat all of the grass, not just part of it, they eat it all. And so they just mess it up. You don't want sheep to be around places because they're gonna eat it all. But shepherds, from my understanding, are always out in front of their flocks, calling to them. And my understanding is that a shepherd can call to their sheep and the sheep will sometimes line up and follow along or they'll come in a group to where the shepherd is and then if there's like a rocky crag, a big hole in the ground, a shepherd can literally lead the sheep around that hole just by maneuvering around it and calling to the sheep and they'll follow along and the goats won't do that. Goats just kind of go where goats are going to go. So Jesus says that phrase, my sheep know my voice. And he also says, I've come to separate the sheep from the goats. That's about all I know about shepherds and sheep, is that I would rather be a sheep than a goat. Because in my life, there have been times where I hear the voice of the shepherd leading me to a place, and it doesn't always feel safe. It doesn't always feel like the place that I want to be going. So, for example, in around 2006, I was out in the middle of the desert, and the sun was setting, and I started feeling like God was calling me to something new. The shepherd was leading me in a new path. I'd been doing youth ministry for a long time, and I remember that moment thinking, I can't do this forever. I don't have the energy for it, and I really don't have the desire to continue doing this. It's like I'm just getting tired. I need something new, and I really felt God leading me in another direction, and I wasn't sure what that was. So seniors who are graduating just know this. If you listen close, you don't have to know exactly where the shepherd is leading you. All you have to do is start taking some steps toward the voice. And so I started taking steps, and at first I thought I was being led toward law school, so I took the LSAT, and it was like I teed that thing up and knocked it out of the park, but my undergrad GPA was so low that I had to just like knock it out of the city, you know, to get into a good law school. And so I was deciding which law schools I was going to settle on, and in the meantime, I uh, heard about this school called Eastern University in Pennsylvania, and there were a couple of professors there that I knew of and, and one of their graduates that had been doing some really cool things. And so I started looking at their website thinking this might be a school that I could funnel students to who were in our youth ministry. In the process, I found that they had a school of theology. And I started looking at their school of theology and I found out that one of their faculty members was a man named Ron Sider who wrote a lot of books that I liked. And so his name and phone number were on the website, and I thought that meant you could just call him. Their number's there. And so I called him, and he answers his own phone, and I talked to him, and I said, well, so tell me about this degree program, because there was a degree program in theology and faith and public policy, two, combining two things that were really important to me at the time. And I, he told me about it, and I said, well, what kind of jobs can you get with that? 
and he told me about them. And so Michelle and Elise and Emery and I flew to Philadelphia. Emery was like four months old. And I promised Michelle that I wasn't going to go to grad school if we had another baby. And then she had another baby and we went to grad school. <laughs> still, still working that one out. And we go to Philadelphia and we visit the school and I go to a class and I'm still hearing the shepherd's voice and we make a down payment on housing and we're flying back and I panicked because I hadn't done due diligence and I wasn't sure that that's where the voice was calling me to go. So seniors, listen, just because you start taking steps in the direction that the voice is calling you, you may see that the shepherd says, no, you're going the wrong way. Take this other path to get my voice. So I started exploring, exploring different seminaries and found the one that I ended up going to in Denver, Colorado. God is my shepherd. There's nothing I lack, but there's a whole heck of a lot of things I want. I wanted to sell my house, quit my job, and move to Denver find jobs quickly for Michelle and I so that our lifestyle didn't have to change. But what I wanted is not what the shepherd led me to. What the shepherd led us to was a lot of difficult times financially and a lot of scary moments. Like, for example, the first Christmas we lived up there, we were driving south trying to get to Carlsbad. It was the day before Christmas Eve. We were between Colorado, uh, between Colorado, between Pueblo and what? No, Colorado Springs and Pueblo. There's a little town out there called Walsenburg. We were six miles north of Walsenburg and hit some black ice and spun around and spun off of the road and had a rollover accident. Emory was 11 months old, Elise was three, or she just turned four actually. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That did not feel like green pasture. It did not feel like still waters. But what happened was all of the glass flew outside of the truck instead of coming in on us. All of the Christmas presents stayed wrapped in their giant black trash bags, nothing busted open, so the kids didn't know what they were getting. <laughs> it didn't take long for a cop car to get there, and we were able to sit in the back of the cop car in warm air, the heater was going, until an ambulance got there to check us all out, and we were fine. The tow truck took us to Walsenburg to the Anchor Motel. That's not the place to stay, by the way, if you're going to Walsenburg. <laughs> it was clean, the beds were soft, and it was warm. God gives us what we need, not what we want. But I promise it's okay. Because I'm the kind of person who I will just go and go and go and go. I like the translation to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures because that's the way I experience the shepherd, not like he leads me to green pastures and leads me to still waters where you can just casually hang out for a while. No, my shepherd, the way I experience our shepherd is 
grab me by my shirt and pull me and lay me down. And you know what happens in those moments? My soul is restored. Because we woke up the next morning and there was food to eat and there were people coming to get us and there were church members calling us and my faith in God was renewed but it had been shattered because what I wanted is not what I had received. What I wanted is not what God gave me, but God gave me what I needed to build my faith to be able to trust God more. Our shepherd leads us. It gives us what we need because our souls need to be restored. Yes, it was breakfast in Walsenburg at the Anchor Motel. A green carpet, a green shack carpet that was probably there in the 70s. But it felt like the table had been spread out in front of my enemies for us to eat at. The enemy of my faith being destroyed. The enemy of myself and my wants instead of recognizing that God gives me what I need. It felt like my head had been drenched with oil. Friends, God is good. And God is merciful. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow us. The voice calls us, and goodness and mercy follows us. And when we recognize those things, we're not waiting for the great by and by, the hereafter, because we recognize that it's right here and now and forever on that we dwell in the house of the Lord. It's not after we die, it's now. It's when you get the phone calls from friends and neighbors and church members, and when you get the phone call from people you haven't seen or heard of for a long time, it's when you get the phone call from somebody saying, hey, we heard you were in a car accident, would you come over and see us? And you go over and see them, and they're like, hey, we want to do something to help you, but we don't know what to do. And I said, I don't know what you should do to help us either. And they said, how about $1,000 a month to pay your rent? I said, that helps. <laughs> I would have wanted more. That's genuinely, I promise you, exactly what we need. Seniors, graduates, there will be a day, and all of you know this, and you've forgotten it, and I want to remind you. There are days that you don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to end, how you're going to survive, what comes next. And here's the thing, we don't have to know what comes next. All we have to know is that our good shepherd is calling to us, and we need to listen and take steps. And if you don't know which direction you're being called, just take steps trust. David could write this psalm from a shepherd's perspective. But on that table back there are psalms written from a soldier's perspective, psalms written from a mother's perspective, psalms written from an American Indian chief's perspective. 
write your own. You know your shepherd. Let's keep stepping.